Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter Coach Johnson, I'm your host Dave Johnson As always, glad to have everybody with us tonight we got a lot to talk about, I for sure uh, do. The last four days, I did nothing but uh, watch and listen to football, it seems like. So, sitting out here in California, so I've had a uh, lot to catch up on that I usually don't get to. Um, I did get to over the weekend, but I get to meet with Miss B.J. Coletta, who's from J.C. Hawks Sports Network here. Uh, we had a good lunch and conversation for two or three, four hours, whatever it was, and, uh, you know, I uh, had never got to meet her face-to-face, and we talked about a lot of things, uh, you know, she's been in, around the women's football a lot longer than I have, for sure, and um, the things she's seen happen over the years, and the things that came and went, and the people, and the teams, and, and all that, and, uh, <clears throat> we talked a lot about the things we got going on here um, with with our league and things that uh, we're trying to do with the team, and uh, you know, it's in in her own words was you know it's a great uh, great thing for for these girls, and you know it's a small step uh, in the right direction I think uh, actually trying to do uh, with with our girls on our team. It's they're actually getting to play for a, a small contract um, with, uh, you know, conditions that they do things that they should and do things right, um, and they they will be rewarded for that. And, uh, you know, it's like she said, there there's no team in the country or anything she's, you know, ever heard of or been around that does that kind of thing. And, you know, it's just something that, that I wanted to do. Uh, since since we started this team, um, just didn't really, you know, know how to do it. And things I've been thinking about for the last several years and ways to um, to do it. So um, the girls on our team, they know know what I'm talking about. And, you know, I hope it works. Uh, so like I said, it's just a small step of what we want to do for the long picture and. You know, I told her things that, uh, you know, what we have planned for the future. And it's it's no quick, uh, believe me, it's no quick answer. And it's going to be no quick turnaround. Um, but, it, but it's a start. And it's a start for the girls on our team. Uh, what we're trying to do with the league is a start, we're hoping, in the 
right direction of things we want to do to make that work um, for the long haul. And uh, so it, it was a lot of great uh, conversation and things of that nature. So uh, we're really, really excited about it. Um, I know we talk about every week about something like that, but, you know, it's one of those type of deals that you just uh, uh, you just can't explain enough, I guess. You know, you want people to get on board and really grasp what you got going on. There's so many women that have been burnt over the years by playing on certain teams. They've been told this. There's so many owners and coaches. They've been burnt by players. I mean, it's, it just happens over and over and over again. And, and that's one thing that is just really killing the sport, you know, the fact that just there's no regulations on it. Anybody can just get mad at an organization and go start their own team. Um, you know, it, it's it's not not good for the sport, um, in my opinion. Um, you know, I know having new teams in certain areas is good for the sport, and uh, that really helps out. But certain things... You know, just because you can't get along with this one or that one shouldn't mean uh, you just fell out. I'm mad. I'm going to go start my own team. Here you are not far away from the others. Um, It it hurts women's football. Uh, You know, having so many uh, leagues, you know, that's enough. And I'm not, you know, not wanting anybody to think that. uh, care for whoever, whatever league you're in. I'm just saying in general, there's there's a lot to work that needs to be done. And naturally, I've said it forever, I can't do it on my own. Uh, it's going to take lots of people. Uh, I want to try, and I still do try. You know, every year I get burnt in a lot of ways uh, by trying to help people too much, by trying to do things too much, because the one thing I've learned... <laughs> is very, very, very few people will do exactly what they say they'll do. Or they will tell you something and then turn right around and, and do the opposite. And when you put a lot of faith in them, it, it's it's not good. And it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And it, it hurts everybody. You know, it's a trickle-down effect. So um, those people know who they are. I don't have to call them out as much as I'd like to. There's no sense in it. It's water under the bridge. But it's a fact that we're all in it together. And, you know, when me and her were talking, you know, it's this thing that we want to do. She said, well, you know, that's great. It's uh, never heard, been heard of. Because most people don't want to take the time to do it right. It's so much easier to do things wrong because it's faster, it's quicker. You want to build a really, really good team for the long haul, it takes a while. You want to have a, a good, quick team, you can go just get a bunch of players here and there. Uh, we know some of those teams that did, some of the highest-level teams in the WFA. Uh, they win a championship, now we're there. Uh, it happens. But you want to build a good organization, a good team, it takes time. And... It takes people in the right place, and that means owners, coaches, players, everybody, everything trickles downhill again. So um, we're excited about what we've got going on. Um, I know 
gonna it's gonna take a while. So uh, we we're gonna do our best. Um, anyway, we got uh, we do have a tryout. Uh, Tri City Thunder has a tryout uh, this coming Sunday, and uh, we got uh, scrimmage on the tenth of November to get ready for in the game inside the stadium uh, on December the 30th. And, uh, we have a lot of new girls uh, that we have to get ready. And uh, Coach Mike, he's joining us tonight. And uh, I know you, uh, you've been in contact with, with a lot of those girls uh, a lot more than I have. Um, what, what are we looking like here? Well, you know, it, it's a process for us right now. Uh, we we have a lot of good talent, a lot of new faces, um, but uh, you know, as far as what we what we have as a whole, uh, we really haven't seen yet. Um, and you know, we have two weeks to uh, a little over two weeks, I guess, to get ready for November 10th. And um, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for you know the players that we got, and I know we have quite a few uh, of the young la- ladies that are really excited. Uh, but we have yet to really put it together, and uh, it's coming fast. And like I said, on the 28th of this month, which is this Sunday, when we have a tryout, and it's going to be a, a practice, we'll be in full pads, um, you know, along with some other uh, admin stuff for this uh, the movie that we got coming up. But uh, we're going to get at it on Sunday, um, and uh, we're going to we're going to start laying down the framework for a, uh, what we're going to do on the 10th. Right. Well, you know. And it's like me and BJ was talking about is it's it, and you hear it all the time and I know people really get tired of hearing it and I and I do myself too because we're we're at a different level I get tired of hearing it in the, in the pros because these guys have been playing forever they make mil- millions of dollars to play but yet it is a process I mean there's no doubt about it um, it's a process and you know it's I talked to some of the players yesterday. I talked to a couple of players today, and you know they're they're excited and and nervous all in the same thing. You know, um, new players coming to play here. You know, they're like, man, I, I'm I'm nervous. You know, y'all have had a lot of success, and um, I don't want to fail. I don't want to let down. And you know what? What I tell them is, look, the success we've had has not one thing to do with this year. Every single year is a totally different year. And if you don't want to let the team down, you're not letting me down. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about any coaches, any uh, organization, period, except those girls that put on that uniform. And if you don't want to let those girls down, then you work hard and you learn more. Sure, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be growing pain. But when you put in the hard work and you match the intensity that they put in and you can convince them to work as hard as you and you commit, they convince you to work as hard as them, that's when it all comes together and you start to see um, a better product. And I'm not going to say a finished product, but a, a, a well-working product. Well, I, I don't, I don't know if there is a such thing in sports as a finished product because you know, uh, it, you know, dynasties only last for so long, uh, and you know, you'd have to start over from square one eventually. Uh, so it's always a work in progress, and I think part of our team culture 
uh, is exactly uh, you, you hit the nail on the head, is that we want these, these young ladies, we want them to uh, recognize that inside of our, our, our program that everybody has to work hard. Uh, and everybody has to to show up, and every ha- they they put they step on the field and they on the gridiron. It's about putting in the work and making the process easier to manage. And um, you know, I I think the 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 term process I think comes it, it it's used a lot lately here in, in some of these big time market sports and in, in, in the pros, but it's it's so true about teams that don't have and leagues that don't have the exposure. There is nothing for the, these girls are coming from. They're not coming from colleges. They may be coming from a couple of them. Maybe coming from high school, but you know you're you're starting from scratch. You really are. And uh, it, it, it every year is a process. Every single year is different. No one or two years are the different are, are the same. And uh, you know the, the process and the grind uh, to to have a successful product on the field is real. And uh, you know, I, I would uh, I, I could debate anybody that that would think that it's not. Yeah, and you know, it's like when me and BJ was talking out there, and and you know, she was you know just sort of we were just talking about the kind of players we have and have had, and you know, the distance some of them travel, and you know, how many that we haven't had, that's the biggest thing. It's not how many we have had, it's how many we haven't had. Um, you know, it's when we, like we got some new girls that have played somewhere else. I'll use that as an example. I'm not going to call them a name or anything. Um, but they've played uh, somewhere else. And, you know, one just told me the other day that, you know what, the one thing that we've been wanting to see done forever on the previous team we had, come to one tryout and nobody says a word and we find every single thing we've been wanting to see get done all in, in just one tryout, workout practice with you guys. And and my answer to, to that is you know, it's just like one, one particular girl, I've seen her just running I was just a, a, a checking them out observation wise, you know players that we had, seeing what we've got, what we can maybe use, and, you know, first one thing or another, and uh, I see this girl, she's a big girl, and can really run, and I said, uh, can you catch the ball? And, you know, she looks at me, and it's like, oh, well, I, I've never never really had to. I said, you, you never caught any passes? Well, not really. I said, well, uh, you will here. Uh, we, you know, you're tied in size. We we need tied in. Um, so, you know, we move her to tied in, and uh, she starts catching the ball. I, I believe she's going to be a good player for us. A lot of work to do, no doubt. Um, but come to find out, she says, you know, I've never played offense because when uh, I've only played defense, and when they worked with the offense, uh, or the, yeah, they worked with the offense, we just, sort of stood over there. And, you know, I, I was telling BJ there, I said, you know, the craziest thing is, man, we get every single player we have in one way or another ready to work at a certain position. Now, we have people that play both positions. We're trying to knock the amount of time they play down. Uh, but we really try to make sure that with 
no more players than you have. We give a player an opportunity to own a certain position um, to be able to work on and play, and then maybe rotate them, you know, at another position. And a lot of teams don't, you know, don't do that. They don't believe in that. So that's one thing we do here, uh, you know, different that a lot of people don't do. We don't just, I mean, we have certain players that are really just offense, uh, but for the most part, you know, you play, you learn to play here, um, and we're going to use you. If you show up to practice and work hard with everybody else, we're we're going to we're going to use. You. Yeah, there there isn't a, there isn't a spot on the field except that we like to to have uh, just you know strictly an offense if it, unless it's really the quarterback. I mean. Uh, our, our our best receiver is also our best defender in in the secondary. So and, and she goes both ways, uh, you know. And you know we have our offense and defense linemen who, you know, we not all of them, but you know there are quite a few of them that play both ways because they uh, they can handle it. And you know that's just the nature of how how we do things. And I don't necessarily think I started out or, or when I first came on here thinking that that was the way it was going to be. But after we saw the numbers. And after you know, I kind of realized, hey, we're going to have to do it, um, and so you know that's kind of that's kind of been our our our, our thing here in the last few years is that uh, you know if we're gonna we're gonna have the talent, we're gonna use them, uh, and, and in some cases they're not even the most talented, but they they do enough for us on you know both sides of the football. So you're absolutely right, um, and uh, you know it, it's it's been a blessing, but it's also sometimes a curse when we come down to injuries. Yeah, you know the old saying. Um, I, I listen, like I said, I've been listening to a lot of um, sports NFL guys talk over the last few days, and, and you know I, I heard Bill Polian say this earlier. You know, to a guy he called in and he's talking, you know, about how great the Chiefs are and how good a season they have had, and you know he was predicting they were going to be at least thirteen and three, and the number one seed and all that, and, you know, they asked Bill Foley and said, well, what do you think? And Bill says, well, you know what? I think that uh, they're one play away from Chad Henney having to be quarterback. And the guy says, uh, what do you mean? He says, nothing is a guarantee in any of these games that there's no true predictions can be made, you know. Sure, Patrick Mahomes is a great player, but, you know, he's one injury away from Chad Henney coming, uh, having to come in and, and be the starting quarterback. And then all of a sudden, the Chiefs' uh, defense is not that good, and that quarterback's nowhere near as good as him, and they're all of a sudden in trouble. So, you know, they have 50-some players. You know, we have 20, 21 to whatever, and, you know, naturally we have to make our own players. They come to us um, not and it's not their fault by any stretch of the means. We're glad to have them. But they come to us with little or no experience, I will say that. And, you know, it's so much different. And even when you lose a starter, it's always hard to, to replace them. But the way we do things here is we get them all ready. In practice, um, you know, everybody uh, takes reps. We want every person to own a position. Now, that don't mean they're just going to be given 
And it's like I told you, we have to earn this in a place where they got an opportunity to do this, but they have to own it. And the one thing, I mean, I don't know, I've been told we do more than better than everybody else had, and I really feel we do a, a great job, is, is making sure that, you know, girls are ready to play. I mean, last year we moved wide receivers into tight ends. We moved tight ends into guard. Uh, took a girl that had never played uh, football before. Shows up two weeks practice. She plays tight end one week. Next week she plays guard. And the next time she goes back tight end. Um, and did a pretty good job. Now, I'm not going to say she did a great job, but she did a pretty good job. And for no more experience than she had, she did do a good job. But you know what? It, it got us by. And in those three games, we were one and two. We should have won uh, both of them that we lost. So that's sort of what we do here um, to try to make sure our players are all ready to go. Yeah, you know, listen, we, we've we talked about it, I don't know how many times, you and I, and we've we've actually, you know, even on the show, you know, the thing with this with us is, and I'm not saying nobody else does it. I, I'm just telling, speaking for how we do things here with the Thunder. You know, we're not just really coaches. You know, we're teachers. We're historians. We, we, we in practice, if you don't hear a history lesson about the game of football, uh, it, you know, there, it's, there's been a really bad day. And I say that because we just don't necessarily get girls that don't have never played before, but they don't know anything about the game of football. So, instead of having classroom talks and, and, and like all these other, you know, like universities and, and pros do, you know, we do it right there on the field. Um, and we've, we've been blessed that we can do it in such a fashion to where, you know, these girls or, or, or ladies are picking it up. Uh, and and it, it may start off slow, but at the end that trend just keeps on going. Uh, but, yeah, listen, we, we have got to be on the top of our game to teach, coach, uh, and to mentor these ladies into being football players. Yeah, I, and you know the experience is is something that. Um, well, I'll say this, and and I told uh, a player uh, this today is, you know, I'll, I'll take experience and and working hard over uh, somebody that's more talented when when that talented person won't show up and work. And I know that's an old saying. Of, you know, you'll take hard work over talent when talent won't work hard. But it, it really is true because, listen, the one one thing that I know is is this about sports in general, but in football is the person that works hard is, is not going to quit on. Um, I, I know that. And when I say quit, I mean not necessarily just quit on the team, but I'm talking about quit in a game. Um, you know, I, I'll reflect back to um, – Three years ago, when when we had a team and uh, we went in injured and uh, down, we were had like 15 players going into that game uh, playing teams that we weren't supposed to play. Uh, we took in 15 players. Some of those players were were brand new, had never played. We played the Alabama Fire. They went on to get beaten at the division game or the conference game or whatever before the championship in a division two and uh when the game well about halftime we were down to ten players and 
You know, we had five players on the sidelines with what I call some of them now minimal injuries. Minimal injuries. And they just quit, man. And you know what? There's not one single one of those players, Mike, on our team today. Not one. And there was players that quit on us that stood on that sideline with other girls uh, watching the, the ten girls that was out there when we're getting the hell beat out of us. And uh, they're standing over our watch. And we can't even get them to go in the game to spell one of our ten players. I, I know firsthand we tried to get uh, one to go in the game and, and wouldn't go. And uh, some of those girls out there just barely getting along. We took a thrash and we took a beating, whatever you want to call it, um, you know. And we got better from it, though. You know, we learned something that day. And I learned one thing. Is no matter how good you are, if you're not willing to work hard and you're not willing to have enough gumption to put everything on the line for your teammates. I'm not telling you to go out there with a broke leg, but a damn sprained ankle when they're out there with broke fingers and broke shoulders and collarbones and messed up knees and everything else, and uh, you can't go out there and put in a little work to help them out because you got a sprained ankle or something. That, that's the stuff I'm talking about. That's when talent doesn't mean anything because when the game gets too tough for you, you're out. And when that happens, you don't have anything. So you give me the people that want to show up, that want to play, that want to get in there when it, when it gets going to and they're going to say, hey, I'm, I'm here. You know what? I'm here no matter what happens unless you have to start me off. I'm going to finish this game. And we literally had ten of them that said it. And not one single one of those five that quit on us that very day are on this team now. Yeah, I remember that game uh, like it was yesterday. I, I think about that game often. We learned a lot. You're right. Uh, uh, I mean, it was it was an educational uh, uh, experience for those ten girls. Uh, you know, and the thing about it too is they learned. The team learned about who they can rely on as well. And I think that was probably probably the most important lesson at all. Um, isn't the fact that they went out there and they got beat by a, a, a team that was just far more superior. It was the fact that they saw firsthand what this sport or what any sport or what life really is about, that you have to, you have to step forward. You have to have that intestinal fortitude to put everything aside. If you can be out there, if you're breathing and you're walking, you should be out there. And um, I know those ten, those ten ladies. Uh, you know, they 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 fought as hard as as anybody uh, to move the ball a yard for us that game. And for those five individuals that were on the sideline, um, you know, it, it was uh, certainly it was a letdown for us. Uh, but you know, within the sisterhood, uh, it was certainly a letdown for those ten other players. Yeah, it sure was. And like I said, they learned. I learned a lot. I mean, literally, I know you um, You don't ever like to lose, but, you know, they always say you learn way more from your losses than you ever do your wins. And uh, that was the worst loss we'd ever taken. Uh, I mean, we were outmatched from the get-go, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, it couldn't have been at a worse time in our team's history. Um, the way it all happened, the way it all played, uh, they were out for blood. I mean, they they were 
they knew they were dominant. They come in there wanting to hurt us. We had a really good team the year before. And the same, and the thing was, just like this year, all the girls that we'd had on the team before, most of them weren't on that team. They'd already quit. So I, I learned more that day um, than I did anything. And I learned a lot about a lot of girls. And uh, that's the that's the thing, is, and that's the truest statement there's ever been. Take hard work over talent any day when talent won't work hard. Because when you have talent and you work hard, then you really have some. And that's what that's what you get at the first when these guys first come out. Well, let me say this: the great players today that are still in the pros, that's still the approach they have. And most of these players that have went sour over the years uh, have had that attitude when they come into the league. But then all that money or or whatever turns them a certain way, and they forget about that. But that's that's what gets these guys to the level they're at is that they have the talent and they're willing to work hard. So, you know, we have some of those girls now. I, I truly believe um, we have a lot of girls that, that just strictly are are good because they work hard. You know what I mean? Not saying they have the most talent. Not saying that they don't. But when, you, when they match up with other players, they're better just because they work harder they know they have to work harder. They put in the work, and that and that was my message to you know one of the players today was listen, you know you got to work harder than everybody else, and you know it's no different when and I tell uh, some of these girls that um, you know are getting near what they call the end of their career and they getting some age on them or whatever, and I say listen, you've got to be in better shape. Than ever, the better the shape you're in, the easier it's going to be for you each year. You in women's football, they can play to their fifth. I, we've seen several players uh, play to their uh, fifth. You know what I'm saying? So there's there's no reason why they can't, but they have to get in better shape than ever before. Well, you know, that's that's just human nature. That's that's just life. You know, the older you get, uh, the more fragile you get. So you have to be more uh you have to be more in shape uh, no matter what you want to do. But listen, when you're talking football, um, you know, if you're pushing the you're in the early you know, mid to mid to late thirties or thirties and going into your forties and maybe even hitting your fifties, uh, you, you know, you're not gonna automatically just be in the shape you were when you started playing at, you know, twenty or, you know, fifteen or however old. So Working harder to get in shape the older you are is a must. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you are not in a decent quality shape the older you get, then you are certainly, certainly behind the power curve, and you're going to feel, you're already going to feel every injury that you've ever had when you get old. It's just going to be doubled, maybe even tripled the time, the amount that you feel if you're not in shape the older you are. Yeah, I, you know, I hear, um, you know, some of them and, and talk to them after the game. Hey, Coach Mike? Yeah. Coach Johnson fell off. Okay, here he is. You're back on, Coach okay. Johnson. Okay. Um, you know, I talked to some of these girls, and, and after um, some of these games, you know, it takes them a while to, to get healed up and, and – some of that, 
and one of the, uh, you know, we have the Dirty 30 Club, and, and hey, I'm really proud of those girls in that Dirty 30 Club. Um, they were, uh, well, they led our team last year. I'll, I'll say that. There was, no, I'm not going to throw anybody out, but I'm going to say this. The Dirty 30 Club really stepped up and and led this team last year um, in a lot of ways. And one of the players that played the, with two I'm going to say this, probably the two players that played the most minutes on our team were two of the oldest players on our team. That says a lot um, about them and their desire to play and, you know, their desire to, to stay in um, shape and uh, work hard enough to, to stay on the field that long. Yeah, and certainly uh, the drive to have that drive inside, you know, to to want to, uh, you know, put themselves out there and put their bodies out there on that line, uh, and you know, those two individuals, uh, you know, we're hoping, we're hoping, fingers crossed, that we get both of them back. We know for sure we'll have one, but we're really hoping that we have them both. And um, you know, again, to 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 have the drive, uh, and and then to, on top of that, to actually accomplish what it is you set out to do. Uh, they led us, uh, you know, the whole season, and um, you know, you're right. Couldn't be more proud of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really, um, you know, I, I want these girls that are not in that dirty, dirty club to take note, step up, and say, hey, you know, well, what do I need to? Well, I knew they know what they need to do. Um, it's, it's just a, a fact of doing it. And uh, you know, one thing. <laughs> Me and BJ were talking about out there, and and you can really relate to this story as as well as you know we got on the um, subject of Jennifer playing, you know even though we own the team and you know how it come about of us having the team and you know me coaching and uh, I first tried to get my brother to be the head coach uh, years ago uh, just because I knew it would be tough for me to coach her to play because of the way that I believe and you know over all the years that I played sports all the parents I've seen coach their kids it was ridiculous because their kids didn't do anything and always started always won the awards and just wasn't nowhere near the best players and I got you know not that I didn't play I always played uh but or started but it was just the, the just the way they did and when my brother went and coached, and, you know, Jim said, well, you, you can do it. You, you can do it. We'll, we'll work it out. You know all this football, blah, blah, blah. And, and I told her then, I said, listen, when, and we made an agreement that when we step on that field, that's it. It doesn't matter what. I'm the coach. She's the player. PJ laughed said, well, how's that win? I said, well, sometimes it's not as good as others. And, uh, you know, I said it's come to the fact that Jennifer's a great player, and, and she is, and she really probably, uh, she takes the, the blunt of the stuff more than anybody else. I said, but I've sent her to the sideline and missed her a time or two. And she immediately looked at me and said, oh, how'd that go? So, you know, everybody should know they come here, where we give them a fair shake. Yeah, listen, we treat every player um, – listen, I, 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 
it, it's it's really funny that you bring that up because I was just thinking about that I think the other day. Uh, there, I, and I can remember a time or two that uh, you know uh, you and Jennifer seemed like uh, y'all were going to go at it for some reason on the field because it was I don't know it just it just one of those days it just seemed like everything was just going wrong but it really does work out and um, you know uh, she she understands the role and you understand the role uh, but you know, listen I, I can't testify what happens when you guys leave the football field because I often wonder wish I was a fly on the wall when uh, when you guys got back home um, because uh, you know listen you're as you're as tough on her as uh, as as any players that we have and um, you know it's just uh, it, it's 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 really uh, it's really humbling to be honest with you and I know that's kind of weird but it's just humbling to sit back and look and say oh my gosh the, the way that you guys are interacting on the field sometimes I'm like man I've come home. I literally have come home and said, you know, I don't know how they do it. I just, man, it just seems like sometimes they just want to, you know, just gouge each other's eyes out sometimes. But it's all in it's all in the fairness of the sport. Respect the sport. Do what it is you have to do, and then, you know, we'll 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 be fine. But uh, it's really a sight to see. Yeah, we were we were talking about that because most people can't relate to that kind of. Up and you know it's one of those deals that and I was telling her we usually after certain practices at certain places um, you know we'll go out to eat with with a lot of the players and the personal thing and I'll never forget the day that that happened um, when I sent her to the sidelines and and it was like I mean it's never happened before and, and uh, you know it maybe it was just as much a message as anything. Uh, prove a point, and I got the point across, and, and everybody was like walking on pins and needles at that point. And I know you remember the time, and I know the girls said, uh, 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 you know, I said, well, we're going to go eat. And they said, well, Lord, we didn't figure she won't go eat today after you got married to Miss Jennifer, and she's married, and they said another. And I said, listen, what happened here today on this field is over when we walked off this field. And it is really hard to um, to adjust to that and leave it all on the field a lot of times. Uh, but you know what? That's just the way it's got to be, and that's the way we set it up uh, when we started this team. Yeah, you know, I, listen, if, you know, we got – you have – players that are playing football that think, oh, gosh, this is just too hard or this is just too tough. But think about being married to the head coach and, and, and co-owning the football team and you're going home and, you know, it's it's got to be hard not to, to have conversation about what happened on the football field as much as, you know, good or bad. Uh, and it's it's got to be tough. And I know talking about good things are a lot easier than talking about the bad things because sometimes players they don't players never want to hear anything that they've done negative. They, even if they know they've done it, they just all players in their head think, okay, I'm going to fix it, and hope that the coach doesn't say anything to them. Couldn't imagine what it's like uh, uh, in, in the household that you guys have. Yeah, you know, here here's the one thing I will say is if. It, it is hard sometimes, but I, I can say this. She's, she's really benefited from it because when she first started playing, uh, the worst she is today is is just the way, uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable the difference and how much better she's gotten. And, and, you know, being able to see things on the field that we see 
on the sidelines that she never even could see before because we watch football all the time. And when we watch football now, she don't necessarily like to watch it. Like, I like to watch it from a grading standpoint, you know, oh, they should have did this, they should have did that. You know, sometimes she wants to watch the game, and I'm sitting there pointing out things like But she has definitely benefited in that way. Um, but, you know, watching game film and stuff like that, it's for sure not a benefit. I, I can assure you that. Yeah, listen, um, she's as, as tough as as passionate as a person I've ever coached playing football, to include – uh, uh, the male side of the football. Um, and, you know, she's as outspoken uh, and, you know, she lets you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I listen, I'm thank God I'm going to do everything I can to stay on her good side. I just, I do everything I can to stay on her good side because uh, I don't, I don't want to get a helmet tossed at me. So, you know, I listen, you know, more power to you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's been good. I mean, it, it really is it. And I was telling BJ, you know, sometimes um, I just get, I have to get on Jennifer to get through to the other girls, and and she takes it well. I know she um, she's probably sitting there thinking, yeah, I'd like to take and poke your eyes out now, and I and I know that's true, but you know that's that's just you know it's one of those things that there's just some players that a coach can get on and and can deliver a message through, and then there's some. You just look at and they about be on herself because they can't take it. And, and uh, she's, she's definitely one of those. And, and we got them of all kinds. But it, it most certainly is um, a different situation uh, being a coach and uh, married to a player and, and being able to see the difference and be honest with them, um, you know, of where they need to work. And, and, you know, that's the hardest part. Listen, nobody in any sport, not when I played, when you played, anybody, you want to hear, hey, you're not good enough to play here. You're not good enough to play. Nobody wants to hear that. And having to hear it from your husband, which is your coach, is, you know, that that's hard. You know what? And that's the hard part of, of my job and, and her job as a player and you know what? At times, I've, I've had to tell her that. And you know what? And, and, and the next thing is, after, you know, it sort of hurts. Don't get me wrong. It hurts her to think that. And, uh, you know, then the next thing is, what I need to do to get better? You know, what do I need to do to be able to, to play there? And that's the answer that you're hunting. You know, because, listen, everybody, everybody gets hurt feelings anymore. And, I, hey, I'm no different. When you start talking about uh, when me, when I played, or certain things, I, hey, I put up a guard real fast, my feelings get hurt, and I understand it. But being able to bounce back and work harder than everybody else to solidify positions is, is something that's uh, tough to do, and there's a lot to be said, said for that. And, uh, you know, it was just me and BJ was talking. She said, well, you know, that's something that you know real interest in New York to uh, talk on the show a little bit about uh, people probably don't know and uh, you know one thing there was um, and I didn't tell BJ this but there was several people that played on our team for a long time before they ever knew me and Jennifer was married 
because of the relationship we keep on the field. Yeah, and you know, listen, it's it's not like we're it's not like you're barking up a tree that of a player that's not one of our best players. You know, that's 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 the thing I think that that's being lost in translation here is not just that, you know, it's not that just she's your wife and but she's one of our best players. And you know, to get on your best player and to stay on your best player uh and to have the the shoulders that she has to take it uh, to to kind of set that example for listen, you know I, I, I'm I'm I know who I am. I know what I could do on the football field, but I still got work to do to be a better player. Uh, and listen, for the most part, uh, listen, I, I don't I, make no mistake about it. There's never been I've, you guys as long as I've been here. There's never been any type of altercation on the field. You can feel the tension certainly, but we've never had to separate and, and have you two walk off or whatever. It's it's been as professional as it can be uh, uh, between you know husband and wife on the football field. But she certainly takes that, um, and I, I know that she believes that by her accepting that responsibility that she's going to ultimately make other teams realize or other players, sorry, realize that, you know, listen, I'm out here busting my butt to get better. I'm one of the best players on this team and I'm taking a tongue lashing. So, um, you know, just, it's, it's just, it's an unbelievable, uh, it's unbelievable to watch how she can actually just accept that. Uh, And, and and not so much accept it, but, but willing to, to allow that to happen in a setting uh, to where she is setting the example, but yet she's also setting the tone for other players that are working hard that, Hey, listen, the tongue, the tongue lashing can come to you as well. He fell off again, coach. Is he? Yeah. Am I, am I on right now or? Yeah, you're on. You're on right now. Okay. Well, listen, I, I think we've we've lost uh, Coach Dave, but he is driving. For those that don't know, he's driving uh, his rig. He's out in California, uh, so you know that we know the satellites are a little tricky. Um, you know, listen, we were saying earlier uh, about Jennifer, uh, how she's one of our best players, and her and Coach Dave are married. Uh, and I, it's it's, I'm sure there's other there's other. Um, uh, teams out there in the same scenario. Uh, there's probably even other teams, probably more so married couples playing uh, together as opposed to being coached. Uh, and and hopefully, uh, what what you're hearing is is that um, you know there has to be that separation on that gridiron uh, to make each other better. Uh, because certainly, you know Jennifer makes Dave better and Dave makes Jennifer better, and it works out. Uh, and it, it's not always the case. Uh, there's, there's, uh, you have to sure, certainly have an understanding uh, of what's going to happen when you're on the football field, uh, because it's, it's never a personal uh, on the football field. It, it just never is. And as much as players want to think that it may be uh, a personal issue, whether you're volunteering to coach or being paid to coach, uh, coaches, uh, if they're out there for the right reasons, they want the team to be successful. So, um, you know, to be uh, latched on. Uh, as as a wife to a coach or even two married couples out there on the field battling together, uh, you know, use that as as something that makes you stronger and makes you better, um, you know, as a couple, as a team. Uh, and so we can, you know, you can you can be successful. Uh, but it's a process just like anything else is. So, um, 
you know, it, it's uh, truly, it's, it's something to see. And uh, I can't, uh, you know, just can't praise Jennifer enough for how much she takes uh, the responsibility uh, and accepts that responsibility for that to happen. So uh, I don't know if Coach Dave is back or if he's not. Um, if he isn't, I guess maybe we can talk a little bit about some, some uh, college football. I'm not sure what his agenda was, uh, what he wanted to talk about. So I'll just go ahead and talk a little bit about college football. So I, I think I may be a little bit of a genius. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, I was telling uh, Jennifer actually just uh, at our last workout. I said, right, I said it months ago. Ohio State is going to lose a football game that they should win, and Ohio State got beat by Purdue. Uh, they got beat by Purdue pretty handily, uh, and I, to to what I understand, it was uh, everybody on our team is happy to see uh, Purdue beat Ohio State. Um, so they were number two. They're probably going to fall out that top five spot. Uh, and I mean the 49 to 20 selection down there in Purdue. Uh, the running back DJ Knox ran for 128 yards. He had three touchdowns. The quarterback David Block he threw for. Uh, three what 378 yards. He was 25 of 43. So Purdue uh, doing some big things, um, and uh, that was certainly a huge upset. Uh, are we having? Is Dave back on? Hey man, you there? I can hear can you, Dave. Hear yeah, yeah, I'm right. I'm sorry about that. I'm riding through the desert here. It's sort of. I think I think we lost him again. Okay, well if he comes back on, he'll I think we'll we'll have the same thing that he just uh, he just did, just kind of coming on. I think we can hear him if he's going to come on. Um, so in the top ten, we had Alabama and Tennessee. Alabama goes to Tennessee. Uh, I, I heard uh, I heard some ESPN analysts say that they thought Tennessee was actually going to give Alabama a test. Uh, I think the only test that uh, Alabama got was maybe I don't know getting to the stadium on time because they, they really just took it to Tennessee down here in Knoxville, 58 to 21. Um, and I think there was a lot of uh, Tennessee fans that knew that this was probably going to be the outcome, but they just wanted to probably see that, that, that unreal football machine, Alabama take the field and uh, destroy Tennessee. And they did. Um, listen, we, we talk about Tennessee all, all day long, and we talk about Nick Saban. The pro, listen, that, that team right there is not a team that's in danger of losing any game anytime soon. Certainly in the playoffs they have a shot at losing, but they're just going to keep rolling. Uh, that SEC is theirs. It's theirs to lose. Um, LSU, number five, had Mississippi State. They beat Mississippi State 19-3. Probably a tougher, more tougher game than uh, – uh, I, I expected I expected LSU to actually just uh, walk right all over uh, Mississippi State, but that wasn't the case. 19 to three was the score, kind of a lopsided score, but that's what uh, LSU uh, has been doing all year. They haven't been winning big and they haven't been winning pretty, but they've been winning football games. So they're probably going to move within that uh, probably that number four, maybe even number three spot. Uh, so good for them. Um, you know, listen, Kentucky is a team. Uh, they were ranked 14th. They played per, uh, uh, Vanderbilt. Um, Kentucky at 14 plays Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's at three and five. Kentucky's still at six and one. And this was a game uh, in the SEC. And you know, 
we talk a lot about other conferences and other sports and, and so forth, but I tell you, the SEC in football, there isn't another conference like it because the, 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 the lowest of the tier teams in the SEC are as good as any other conference top tier teams. What I mean is, is that Vanderbilt, for example, may be the lowest team in the SEC, but they will play a team out there in uh, the ACC country uh, maybe even the Pac-10 and the Big Tw- and the Big 12, they'll play them and maybe beat them, but they'll play them really, really tough because that's what the SEC is, a tough conference. Everybody wants to play. Va- uh, Kentucky beats Vanderbilt 14-7. to So they go from 14, uh, and they're going to move up in the rankings as well. So Kentucky is doing some big things. Um, you know, you're looking at uh, Clemson, who is the number three spot. Uh, they they take care of NC State. Those were two teams were undefeated in, in the ACC, uh, and, and no problems there. Uh, Clemson just really just uh, yeah, just took it to them, 41 to seven. Washington in 15 played Colorado. Sounds like we got Dave back. Dave, are you back? Yeah, man, I'm back finally. Um, what game are you talking about? Well, I was just running through some scores real quick. I actually stopped on the Washington-Colorado game. Um, that was a game with uh, the Holzman, uh, Heisman Hopeful, their quarterback that down there in Washington, uh, Jay Browning. Uh, and uh, Washington won 27-13. Um, I don't know if you got to see any of that game. I know that, that Jake Browning is the real deal. Uh, but this game, he didn't play too well. Uh, he, had, he was 15-25, 150 yards, one TD and one interception. Uh, but they did beat Colorado. Um, they are now six and two, uh, and they're in the side. They're in the top twenty. So Washington, a couple of years ago, was playing for a national championship. Yeah, they they got a good program out there. Um, I didn't get to see that game, but I, I'll say this, and I don't know if you got to see the Washington State Oregon game. Uh, man, that was a really really good game. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Mike Lee. I, I love. Yeah, sounds like we lost him again. Yeah, that game he's talking about the uh, Washington State Oregon game. Uh, listen, that that was uh, the um, it was played in Washington State. Uh, and listen, you know, Oregon was ranked 12th. They came in and they played number 25 team in uh, Washington State. Uh, Washington State ended up winning the game 34 to 20. Mike uh, Mike Leach has got a a solid program down there. Uh, really, anything that he he is involved in as far as football, is really, really a good program. When he was down there with Texas Tech, um, you know, that's where, uh, uh, is it Smith, Alex Smith, I believe, Alex Smith came from Texas Tech. And uh, so, you know, we, we've got uh, Mike Leach in Washington State doing some really good things, 34 to 20. Uh, they're probably going to move up into the top, uh, probably closer to the top 15 with that win. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Cougars are on the move. And, uh, you know, listen, the Cougars have had a lot of well, – they've had a lot of quarterbacks come through there. Uh, you know, uh, Bledsoe played for them. Uh, probably the biggest bust in all of NFL history. And Ryan Leaf, who was supposed to be the next greatest quarterback ever, uh, maybe played a season. I don't really remember what his stats were. That's how short his career was. Um, but, you know, they've had quite a few uh, – um, uh, quarterbacks come through there that have made uh, made some uh, contributions to the success of their their program. Uh, Penn State was a winner at number 18. They played uh, Indiana. They were a winner at 33-28. Uh, 
uh, playing Indiana, which, you know, Indiana's a team, when you only think of Indiana, you think of basketball. But they, you know, here in the last, I don't know, 10 years, it seems like they've been somewhat relevant in football. Uh, right now they're at 4-4. Four four. Um, but, you know, they were no match for Penn State. Penn State is 6-2, and 5-2, uh, and two, excuse me, ranked 18th. Um, you know, they had a, a pretty crushing blow the week before. Uh, so they, they just kind of ran right a little bit over. Um, it was a tougher game than I think a lot of people expected, but 33-28, really close. Uh, Wisconsin, a team that uh, had high hopes, they played Illinois. They law or they won. They beat Illinois, but uh, they, in the process of losing some games, um, you know, when you're losing games later in the season, and this is as late, in, not as as late as it could be, but it's definitely late in the season uh, to be losing games. And uh, you know, they've lost two here in the last month. Uh, so Wisconsin did win against Illinois, but Illinois is three and four. They're not really a team right now that's uh, on the move. So hopefully Wisconsin can, you know, do some some more damage and, and, and try to get back into the race of trying to maybe get into a solid bowl game. Uh, I mean, it's mid-October, you know, so, you know, they they only have a few. I mean, listen, as, and I don't know if anybody has really realized this. I was watching football this weekend, as I frequently do. You know, we're almost halfway through the NFL season. I mean, this is – it seems like it just started. And uh, so, you know, when you're looking at teams that are 4-4, four and four, um, that's eight games. Uh, so it, it's, it's uh, you know, it's it's coming fast. And I, I don't want to uh, jinx jinx it because I know we all love football. But uh, the fact is that uh, we're at, almost at the halfway point. Uh, moving on, we had Cincinnati. They beat Temple, uh, or I'm sorry, they lost to Temple. Temple did win. Cincinnati's a team again. They're they're much like the Indiana team. You always think about them in uh, in basketball. They have a solid basketball program. Uh, they lose to Temple. Temple's another basketball school. They lose to Temple 24-17. Um, Iowa and Maryland. Maryland is a team that started off strong this year, but Iowa 19 uh, in this in the country. They end up beating Maryland pretty handily, 23 to nothing, uh, which was, you know, Iowa is a team that does things that, um, you know, they're they're just a tough, solid team, Iowa is. Every year that they come and play, um, you know, they're, they're ranked uh, 19th in the country. They play Maryland. Maryland's not a, you know, a pushover, but, you know, they seem to do things the right way uh, in Iowa you don't really hear too many negative things about anything about Iowa. Iowa football is always a, a really good program. Uh, and they just have got to find a way to get over the hump to be uh, nationally relevant for the national championship. But uh, good game for them winning at Maryland 23 to nothing. Um, big games we had. We had Oklahoma and TCU. Oh, hey, Mike, back. Did, you, uh, did you talk about Purdue and Ohio State yet? You know, I did. That's how I started off, Dave. I had said that uh, I, I kind of seem like a genius because I said it months ago that uh, Ohio State is going to lose a game that they should win and they're going to overlook. Uh, and you know what? Purdue put it to them. Purdue put it to them. Now, Purdue had a lot going on for them. They got uh, the motivation to play Ohio State at home. They have uh, one of their uh, one of their students uh, who who left school because of cancer was their honorary captain came back so they had a lot of motivation uh, and you know what man they 
they put it to uh, they put it to Ohio State, and uh, I knew it was going to happen. It was a matter of time. Yeah, that's why I wonder if you thought uh, you said it. You know what? I, I'll be honest. I I watched Ohio State play several games, and uh, I, I think they're fortunate to only have that one game. Um, but now that just makes the rest of these games. And and I believe you said last week that the last game of the season. Uh, is between them and Michigan. Is that correct? That that's who they close out. That between yeah, them and Michigan. So, that is right. Yeah. So if they're both undefeated going into that game, that's going to be uh, a real true um, test to to see. Uh, Michigan has gotten better as the years went on. I'm still not uh, sold on them 100, percent but they've gotten better, and uh, I just. I mean, I was trust me, I was glad to see Ohio State get beat. I'm not a fan of the Buckeyes at all. Uh, but the first, the only thing I could think of was when I was watching that game was was you. I bet you were celebrating all that time you was talking. I knew they was going to get beat. I knew they were. Um, but yeah, they. Um, I, I was glad to see it, and I don't know if you've already talked about. I'm I'm out of the desert now, hopefully, and. Uh, keep servicing. I don't know if you would uh, talked about the the top top team rank this week or not. <clears throat> no, I haven't. I'm actually was getting. I'm just getting ready to go over that as we speak. Now, listen. We talked about Ohio State. Ohio State was ranked number two in the country. We talked about losing games at the end of the season. This is how big it is. They are now ranked 11th in the country. So the top five right now is Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and LSU. Michigan, Texas, Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, and UCF close out the top ten. So, uh, you know, that Ohio State loss shook up some things. And now LSU is sitting pretty now. They're at four. Notre Dame has moved up to the three spot. Clemson and Alabama are there at the two and the one spot. So, um, you know, looking at the uh, the rankings, it, it, it looks it looks like it's, uh, it, it could very well – you know, I would like to see, personally, I'd like to see, uh, and I'm not a huge Notre Dame fan, but I would like to see somebody other than Alabama win it. But Alabama is the, the, the team. There's no doubt. I've said that from day one. They're going to win, I think, hands down. But, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see, you know, some teams that, uh, you know, from the 80s, from when I was growing up watching football, win another championship. Yeah, well, you know what? Your Longhorns uh, control their own destiny from here on, man. Um, you know, I, I think back to they lost that game, uh, that first game to Maryland, uh, and definitely which they shouldn't have lost. But all the people, you know, jumping on that guy wasn't the right hire. He hasn't did this and he hasn't did that. You know what? Is this only a second year, I think? And, um, you know, it, again, here comes that word process. And it is a process. And, I mean, there's no way that you think, I don't care what school you're at, you think you can get a coach in there that, has, that doesn't have his type of player, uh, that doesn't get his team to adapt to him and do things he likes to do in a year or so and win a national championship. So, you know, they took that loss. They learned a lot from it. They've uh, weathered the storm, and now they're right back in the, uh, like I say, they control their own destiny, man. 
Yeah, see, I would like to have seen them perform a little better against Baylor. They beat Baylor 23-17. to But, you know, that's an interstate rivalry. That's much like the Cowboys and Redskins, which, you know, I'd like to not talk about right now. But, you know, they're they're an interstate rivalry. They're, they're separated with about 100 miles. Uh, so, you know, that's always a, a pretty decent game. But I, I would like to have seen them at least put up 35 to almost 40 points. But, listen, you're right. Listen, Texas right now is sitting pretty at number six. And their toughest game – uh, their next four games, they got Oklahoma State. They play West Virginia, which West Virginia is a good team. They're at 13 right now. Uh, then they're playing Texas Tech, Iowa State, and Kansas. So Iowa State and West Virginia right now seem to be those two schools that can really cause havoc for Texas. But now we got to be careful because, you know, Texas is, is just much like Ohio State, is prone to losing games that they should win. So – you know, if, if Texas is going to fall uh, to any one of these teams, Ohio State, uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech, which is a really good team, uh, but Iowa State is a, is a team, and they battled Oklahoma something fierce. So, um, you know, they do control their own destiny, but it is certainly going to be a, a, a work in progress. Well, now, they, they don't have um, a Big 12 conference game out there. Is that right? Uh, Big 12 championship? No. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, so what do they do? Just crown an east and a west, or how how do they do that? You know, so what they'll do is, uh, well, you know what I, the way it used to be was is that's how they they would do it. But the whole conference in itself, whoever was just the, there was no east and there was no west. It was whoever just had the best record. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you. Since Texas has kind of faltered off a little bit, I didn't really I haven't really kept up too much about that uh, Big 12 conference out there and how they do things. But um, it, it very well may be that they're going to do a, a, a East and a West. I'd like to see them do a national or not a national championship game, a conference championship game, just to settle it on the field. I thought they changed to that last year. I, I don't know for some reason. I thought they. They were the only ones that didn't, but I thought for them to maybe get a um, somebody in that playoff, they changed that. I'm I'm not sure, but you know I, I feel certain um, that if, if they win out, I mean I don't see anybody uh, probably beat Clemson. We know nobody's probably going to beat Notre Dame, but I do feel like that Alabama and LSU. Um, one of them, well, we know one of them's going to fall. I mean, one of them's going to win, one of them's going to lose unless they just tie. But um, LSU plays Alabama tough. But I, I'm gonna, I watched Alabama play Tennessee Saturday. It's really the first game I really got to watch Alabama play. And, man, they look like a bunch of men out there amongst boys. Um, those guys are, are good. I do feel like if you're going to beat them, you have to throw the ball on them. I think their secondary is weaker. I mean, Tennessee sort of uh, threw it on them there to score some points. But if LSU happens to fall and uh, uh, Texas wins out, uh, what would that? They're in sixth or fifth? Who's in front of them? Michigan. Right now, in Michigan. So the top okay. six are Alabama, right. Clemson, so Notre Dame, Michigan? LSU, Michigan. So, if Michigan, I feel certain, I mean, you never know. That game's always a game. 
but it's shaping up that if I, I feel if Texas wins out, they very well could be in that top four um, because of the LSU-Alabama game, because of the uh, Ohio State-Michigan game. Uh, I, I feel like that they they could be sitting there in that number uh, four spot, which at that time they would probably who would play Alabama, I suppose. But, uh, hey, man, from losing – from losing to Maryland to coming back, beating Oklahoma, um, and what is they call that, the Red River Classic or something? The, the Red River Rivalry, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, moving all the way, I mean, they started, what, they were like 20th or 25th, get beat by Maryland, fall out, and then climb all the way through the ranks, uh, just like LSU has done. Um, that That's pretty amazing in itself, whether – uh, whether you like Texas or you don't, whether you like that coach or you don't, and I do like that coach. Um, uh, but to do that and to come all the way back to six, hey man, that's that's pretty good, pretty good accomplishment in itself. Yeah, so the odds are a little more in Texas' favor because Michigan doesn't only play Ohio State. Now they have to play Penn State, which is next weekend. So they're playing Penn State, which right now is at 17. And then they finish uh, their season with Ohio State. But, you know, Michigan's got Penn State, Rutgers, Indiana, and then they finish up with Ohio State. So there's two really big games in there uh, that, that um, much like Texas. So, you know, they they control their own destiny as well. But, listen, I've always said that college football is, is better when Texas is just – they're relevant. You know, they don't have to be – you know, uh, in the top spot, they just are better when they're relevant, and and, and it's 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 true. And it's listen, they, they, their coach did a lot down there in Houston. Uh, he took a program like the Houston Cougars and made them as relevant as anybody has ever had. So, you know, big things in Texas, and I'm really proud to be a Longhorn fan. Hey, there you go. Well, let's move on to the to the NFL. There, uh, we know. I mean. We we seen we talked last week and the L.A. Uh, the, yeah, the L.A. Rams. I'm sorry, um, I thought to call the St. Louis Rams, but the L.A. Rams uh, have the best record. Um, I'm 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 probably the only person that's still not sold on the Rams. Now I just I don't know why. I mean I'm not sold on Jared Goff for one. I didn't like him in college or didn't like the way he played. I don't know the guy. Um, I didn't like the way he plays. I do like their defense. I do like their defense coordinator. I know that Aaron Donald was defensive player of the week, um, or at least on the radio shows I listened to. Uh, they said he balled out. They have a good defense. They have the leading back. I'm just not sold if they're going to um, do – Win. I know I really don't think they're going to win out, but I'm just not sold that they're the best team in the NFL right now. Um, I know the Chargers are 5-2, and two, which they beat the Chargers only by a score, I think, or a point or a field goal. Um, we know the Chiefs are, are really, really good. I mean, I, I feel like that the Chiefs, you know, them and the Chiefs play each other in, uh, I don't know, like two or three um, so I I feel like that if if they're undefeated, I'll say this: if in the next four games that the Rams have, which they play the Saints, they play the Chiefs, they play um, Seattle, 
and Green Bay the next four games, I believe, is on their schedule. And if they're four and oh or three and one, I'm 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 gonna be sold at that point. So if somebody can mark it down, they're here May night. They if they're four and oh over those four games, which would make them eleven and oh or ten and one, then then I'm gonna be sold on them. But I, I just don't know why I just don't think that they're uh the best team in the league right now. Well, so if, you, if you're looking at, the, at who they've played right now, the first game of the season, the Rams played the Vikings. The Vikings were a playoff team last year, and they beat them 38-31. Now, after that, you're looking at the Seahawks, the Broncos, and the 49ers. Uh, I'm sorry, that wasn't the first game of the season, but that was three weeks ago. But when they started the season, uh, it was the Raiders who they played, and it was 33-13. to Then they played the Cardinals, and they beat them 34. So the top two, first two games of the season – there, there were, I mean, these non-playoff contenders. And then the Chargers, they beat the Chargers 35-23. to 23. And then there's the Rams, and then there's the, the, the Seahawks, the Broncos, and, of course, the 49ers. Now you hit the nail on the head. They're getting ready to play the meat of their schedule. They got the Rams, they have the Saints, uh, and then they hit the Seahawks, and then they are at the Chiefs um, here all within the next five to six weeks, so or four to six weeks, I'm sorry. So, you know, I'm with you. I think right now the longer – history tells you the longer you go undefeated, the worse it is, in my opinion, because nobody is going to catch those 72 Dolphins. Um, and I think that there's just – the football gods just prey on those uh, uh, teams that the longer you go undefeated, something drastic happens later in the season. So, you know, I'm not going to say you ever want to lose a game, but in my opinion – the teams right now, like the Chiefs, who have already lost a game, but they lost a very good, tough battle. Uh, they're a little more seasoned, and they played some tougher games than the Rams. To me, in my eyes right now, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Yeah, I would, I would tend to lead. Uh, I, I will say this. They have the most dynamic player in the NFL, for sure. That guy, um, the best thing I like about that guy is some of the – is some of the traits that he's taking heat for is like on these coaches shows. The first one thing I've listened to, you know, they keep saying he 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 tries to force the ball down the field sometimes. Well, he does, but you know what, man? I like that aggressiveness in in a player. I like the fact that you want to win. You want to do things that other people can't do. I I really really like that about that guy, and I think that. Uh, if he if he stays healthy, I think that uh, it's actually going to be um, I don't know far as record wise for the Chiefs, but I believe that the Chiefs are going to be uh, probably uh, I don't know if they've ever won a Super Bowl I, in the, in this part. I know they have when it was uh, years ago. I think when it was maybe the AFL or uh, whatever. But I think right. as far as I can remember, they're going to have the best Chiefs team in a while because that guy is just, man, it's like nothing rattles him. And I know he's, you know, he's going to have a bad game some or somehow. Uh, he's a second-year player. Uh, but, you know, how can you not like the way, uh, the way he plays? Well, now, listen, listen, Mahomes throwing the ball down the field, and that, that is typical of an Andy Reid team. He's done that with every team he's had. When Philadelphia – when he was with Philadelphia and, and he had McNabb and you know, every other quarterback he had through there, he he was throwing that ball downfield uh, as as often as he could. So listen, I, 
as much as we, I, I say that they are the best team, you know, Andy Reid deserves, I think, a lot of credit. Uh, he is, uh, is probably he's, he's as underrated of a coach as that you can think of. Um, and I think he's doing a really well, a great job uh, in Kansas City. They've got themselves something good down there. Um, and, uh, you know, as long as Andy Reid is that coach, the, he, the, he's going to continue to go downfield. Uh, and Mahomes, he's going he's gonna to prosper from that. I, I really believe that. Uh, and, you know, that running game, they got the dual attack and they got a really good receiving core. Uh, their defense is playing well, um, you know, and, and they got a good stadium. They got a good fan base. There's some good things happening there in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Uh, they got a tough game this week in, uh, with Denver. Denver played the best game they played all year last week. And, uh, they played them tough at Denver. Honestly, should have probably won that game. Um, so they got a tough game this week. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, believe it or not, Pittsburgh's 3-2-1 and one and uh, leading their division. Um, so they're, they're leading that division. The Pats are leading their division. Uh, the Texans are leading their division. The Saints are leading their division. Uh, you talked about the Washington Redskins beating up on the Yellow Boys there. Sunday night, they're leading their division. Um, then the Rams, and then um, uh, I guess is it the Bears leading that division? Or no, or them or Minnesota? I guess are tied for the for the lead in, the, in, the, in that division. So um, the best thing that I could see is, for the most part, is the parity um, is is really really good across the board. Now you've always you know, you're going to have a few teams that are better. But for the most part, um, you know, there's not so many teams that are uh, that are terrible. I mean, even the Giants, they played uh, the Falcons really tough last night. Okay, so we – we you messaged me. Um, you know, we're going to go – I'm going to go ahead and talk about it, and we got a couple minutes here. I'm going to talk about it. You messaged me about – uh, uh, you were listening to a, a radio station and they were having people on the edge and you were like, hey, I was waiting for you to call. And I told you that I didn't have enough time, you know, that, that they, for me to discuss what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to lay it out as short as I can in about two minutes. Dallas Cowboy fans are like, we are obsessed with the Dallas Cowboys. There's no doubt about that. But diehard, true hard Dallas Cowboy fans want to see a change in the team is heading in the right direction. Now we have really good draft picks. We have really good player coming in and uh, in Cooper, we have a, a quarterback that we think can, can lead us. Although, you know, our opinions, our opinions vary on that, but we have a really good running back, but we are not going to get to the promised land with Jason Garrett as the head coach. We're just not. Jason Garrett, there has got to be a change. Something in that, that, that team has got to change. I don't see Jason Garrett holding anybody accountable. When you have your owner of the team holding players more accountable than the head coach, there is a problem. And if the owner is going to undermine Jason Garrett, uh, and because it is Jerry's world after all, then the players aren't going to look at Jason Garrett like he's a threat, like he's a coach. And you always hear that Jerry Jones is the head coach. And you know what? I don't think that they're not too far off about that. And Jerry Jones is more involved in that team than Jason Garrett is in most times. And, listen, 
we haven't won a Super Bowl and it's been 30 years. So, you know, we want to see us heading in the right direction. We're as passionate as fans, as the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, as the Green Bay Packers fans, these old programs. We want to see change for us heading in the right direction. That's all we want. And if we can just get over the hump and stay above 500 in, in, in the years to come, then we think we're in the right direction. But when we're losing games because we have offensive linemen doing the dumbest things, the centers doing the craziest things like moving footballs, I just it, – it, it infuriates me. And um, there, I've said it. That's my piece. And uh, I hope that there's other Cowboy fans out there that feel the same way I do. Well, I will say this, Mike, and, and Jason Garrett, in my opinion, now this is just my opinion, is there because he is the type that can take Jerry Jones' punishment and abuse and let Jerry be who he is because I firmly believe that's why Jimmy Johnson left because Jimmy Johnson wanted to have control of the team as far as coaching, didn't need uh, Jerry's help coaching that team. So I firmly believe that Jason Garrett is there because that's the type of person um, that Jerry wants in that position. And for that being said, I really think he has the perfect guy for that because I am with you. I don't think um, – I never thought as far as a coach personally that he was the right hire uh, when they hired him, I thought that he was going to be that that soft kind of guy. Uh, I, I I don't like soft coaches. I, I like uh, coaches that, that get after you. I like coaches that hold you accountable. I like them to tell you exactly straight up where you stand, whether you like it or not, what it takes for you to get better. That's what I like. I don't see that in him. I see um, I see him doing exactly uh, what Jerry wants him to do. And I didn't see that in Jimmy Johnson, and I firmly believe uh, that's why he's there. Well, Jerry's going to have to wake up because if he's not, uh, you know, and, and, you know, there might be something to it there, Dave. You I mean, you're thinking, you know, Jerry Jones is, 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 is getting – getting rich off this deal. I mean, he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. The The franchise tag on them is, is probably, I think they said, I've, I've read an article somewhere that it's the most recognized symbol uh, of all of sports. Um, you know, so he's got, he's got what he wants. Uh, but if he wants to win more championships, then uh, Jason Garrett's got to go. Uh, and I'm, I'm not the only one uh, that feels that way. I know uh, those, those fans down there in Dallas are as, as uh, you know, they're, listen, there's going to be a lynch mob on Jason Garrett if 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 this team here in the next year or two isn't seeing some type of progress. That's just the way it's going to happen. I hey, I agree with you. Um, I mean, you they but they've had some injuries. Uh, they um, they're I mean I think they're a typical uh, Dallas. I mean, not a typical Dallas team. I think they're a typical team of the like the rest of the NFL, that they get these injuries and and they spend, I, I think they spend so much on certain players at certain positions that when their backups are not as uh, capable as other teams' backups. That's the one thing that I will say that, that I, about Bill Belichick and, and them up there is they don't spend 
I mean, they, they let players go because they want too much money. And they seem to find guys that can't play on other teams or don't do anything on other teams. They go there and they, they light it up. And I think there's something to be said about that. And I know people get tired of me saying it, people get tired of me hearing it, but it's true, Mike. I, I firmly believe that with all my heart. And I think when you when you got people like Randy Gregory, the great player that you've invested in, you know, it's just like me and you. We're talking about players that, you know, we have. Hey, we're depending on them, and then they let us down. We're, we're in a bad spot. Randy Gregory has did that to the Cowboys for years, and now he's hurt. So I, I think that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I just, you know, I can only pray that the football gods have something to say about having the Cowboys win another Lombardi trophy before I, uh, I, I leave this earth. That's all I got to say. Yeah, we probably can get us another 10 minutes. We can probably go to about 1040 here and talk a little bit uh, about it so we don't have to quit the conversation. But, say, I, I, look, I look at these players, and, I mean, I look at Green Bay, for instance, and they've got so much money in Aaron Rodgers, and don't get me wrong, if I was going to have a quarterback and give them – all the all the quarterback, all the money, that's who I would give it to. But I've seen it happen with the Colts for years. They had to pay Peyton Manning. They had to pay those receivers. Um, they had to uh, pay those pass, those edge rushers and Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney. And their their defense was, was subpar, and the rest of them were subpar. Um, so, when when you start loading up all your money and a handful of players, um, I think you see a lot of the product that we see in these teams that are spending so much on on a few players. Well, it does, and I, I it seems to me too. A lot of these teams are in, in Dallas is one of them. You know, you're putting all your eggs in one basket, hoping that this player is going to be. Uh, the next great thing to lead you. Uh, but what you really need is a group of players, not just one player. Aaron Rodgers is a hell of a quarterback. Tom Brady is a hell of a quarterback. But Tom Brady can't go out there and stop teams from scoring touchdowns, uh, you, know, you know, and he's, he can't catch the ball if it's thrown to you. Neither can any of these other great quarterbacks. So, you know, I, it's always been kind of interesting to me to see that when we talk about the salary caps and all these draft picks and who they want to pay and how much they want to pay these players. And it's just like, you know, a lot of these players are getting paid Dave without even stepping a foot on an NFL field. And I've never been an NFL athlete. I've never been a pro athlete, but I can tell you the game is much faster and it's a lot different from college to the NFL. And so, you know, they're paying all these guys this money uh, and and hoping that this one player is going to make such a huge difference, but then he's hurt, and you know the process is just you know it's even longer. Well, not only that, you go back to the Gregory uh, deal. They they got a you know they wasted a pick uh, on him. Um, all the games that he's been suspended, um, you you got to. I mean, I'm sure he's got some kind of guaranteed money there. Uh, I don't know, but, I mean, you're just not getting much production out of him. And there's other guys that you could probably sign for for that much or, or 
maybe not quite as good, but, man, you get more production out of them because they're there all the time. You know, it's like the Sean Lee guy. He's a good player, but, Mike, he's always hurt, too. You know what I mean? He He's always hurt. And I think that's the stuff that, that has hurt them uh, over the – over the years, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, and you know I I agree, and and I think that when I say that we uh, the Cowboy fans want to see change in Dallas uh, with the the trade that just happened with the Raiders and getting Cooper, uh, you know, listen, I, everything that I've seen and read about Cooper seems to be that he's a good player. Well, heck, man, if you're in the NFL, you're a good player. I mean, even if you're not a starter, you're a good player. You're in the NFL. You're in the league, but this. Cooper, his first two years, he was a pro bowler. And these second, these last two years, he's been just subpar. And I'm trying to figure out why the move to bring Cooper into Dallas was made um, from the Raiders that, you know, a, a team that has been struggling. I mean, he, not that he was third on the depth, but he was a third option for them uh, uh, for receiving for the last two years out there. Um, so, you know, and, and who knows how much money they want to have tied up in all this trade once it's all settled and done, uh, giving up a first-round draft pick for them. So, um, you know, you're right. Listen, players that uh, that are uh, getting hurt uh, and players that are being suspended, um, you know, it's, it's magnified ten times when it's Dallas Cowboys as opposed to any other team in the NFL. Um, so, you know, that's just the price that you pay. Uh, for being that brand uh, of the Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, uh, our Cowboy fans are tired. You know, we're tired. We're tired of losing games that we should win. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're tired of the Cowboy haters. Um, and, uh, you know, we just want one more Lombardi trophy. That's all we want. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm, shoot, I, I can't say that it won't happen this year, but they, they definitely have a lot of, work to do. Uh, I will say this. I've listened to a lot of talk about Cooper. I'm actually uh, a big fan of Cooper. I thought he's a really good receiver. Um, But they said in the last, I think they said today, in the last two games, Derek Carr has only targeted him like three times. Um, You know, they've been through several offensive coordinators out there, several coaches. Um, I think that may be part of the part of the situation. But the guy is only twenty four. Um so there's a guy that just come into the league, they were talking about a receiver that's just like three or four months younger than him that's a rookie. So he's pretty much um you know, he's got experience but he's not far off of a rookie age. So if I don't I I will say this. I don't know what kind of money it's gonna cost him. I don't know how much they truly going to have invested, but I will say there's probably not a first-round pick receiver in the draft that's better than that guy that they could get when it comes time for them to pick. Listen, I, I'm not uh, – as a Cowboy fan, I'm, I'm, I understand the changes that and the drafts and the, and the choices that they're, they're trying to make, I guess. Uh, you know, you, you question them. Uh, certainly, uh, and I didn't know that it was only three times he'd have been targeted by Carr. Um, but, you know, listen, there have been receivers that have left programs because they're not a perfect fit and been reborn in another program so or another team. So, you know, Randy Moss comes to mind. Uh, so, you know, if 
if if he's going to be uh, somewhat of our, our number one receiver, then, you know, listen, I, I pray that it works out and hope that he has that resurgence. Um, but, you know, he's a cowboy now, so uh, I'll embrace it, and we'll, we'll hope that he can, uh, you know, as fans, we hope that he can produce for us. Right. Well, you know, they're getting at the right time. I mean, they have a bye this week. Um, they, I heard he was going to be in practice today. Uh, so, you know, they're going to have two weeks to get him ready to play. Um, I, I really believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that he's better than anybody else uh, they have at wide receiver. Um, I will say that. So, uh, maybe it'll turn out for them. Maybe that's the, you know, the answer they they need. I mean, because they, you know, the only production really they've been getting done is with Cole Beasley, and he's probably one of the best, better slot receivers in the game. But listen, man, as as slow as Jason Witten has gotten, dude, it's hard to replace that guy. He was sure-handed and probably ran better routes than any any tight end. Uh, in the league uh, and blocked and and you know what was just a what I would call a true pro player uh, worked hard did what he's supposed to uh, held people accountable himself um, went out there and did his job you know it, it was just odd to me that he was still playing at a high level and and all of a sudden he wants to retire something just didn't seem right about that. Yeah, I think a lot of Cowboy fans feel the same way. And, you know, uh, going back to him playing, Jason Witten is the type of player that uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Mark Bavaro played for the the Giants. Uh, He was a tight end. It reminded me so much of him slow as far as NFL player-wise, but his routes that he ran were so crisp and they were so clean that they allowed him to get open. And – the fact that he understood and he was more of a student of the game and understood that when you were running zones and where when teams were playing zones, where he could fit in and get open. So, um, you know, certainly uh, in that respect, I think he's one of the greatest tight ends to play. I'm not going to say the greatest, but he's certainly one of. Uh, and it is odd. You're right, it is. It's odd for, for a player who is, is uh, you know, it certainly seems like he's got at least two or three more years to play, uh, and he was playing at such a high level. So, you know, and it makes me wonder, it really does, it makes me wonder how much of it uh, had something to do with uh, the Tony Romo leaving. I know how they were close friends. Tony Romo signs a contract to be a, uh, an announcer, and then, you know, it wasn't long after that that he's an announcer for ESPN. Yeah. You know, the best route runner uh, we have on our team is, is nowhere near the fastest player on our team. Um you know, there there's a lot to be said um, for for these route runners, and it, and it sometimes it takes a while to get the you know the quarterback and them on the same page. But when when you know when they don't take a shortcut on the route, uh, even when they're not the fastest, if the quarterback is good, that they will be open. You just have to put the ball on them. So. Um, Man, I appreciate you joining me here. We we about out of time, and uh, appreciate you picking up the slack when my phone was uh, losing service when I was coming across the desert. Like I said, it's sort of been the way my day and last few days have went all along. I've been frustrated and still frustrated, so I appreciate you picking up the slack for me. Well, it's my pleasure, man. I always have fun coming on here. All right, man. I appreciate it. 
All right, folks. Coach Mike Wallace coming on. Doing a good job, like I say, picking up the slack for me. Appreciate that. Uh, I usually try to be stationary when I do the show, but uh, work put me in a bind with some appointments. Things happened, so I just couldn't get it done. Uh, one thing I do want to say, uh, I was talking about when I got cut off the first time, um, was was about Jennifer. I want to finish that story. Is up until she started playing football, she had never played any sports before at all, besides the few pickup softball games on the team that they didn't care if they won or not. And to to be married to me and to be the type of person that I, I just hate to lose. I take losing personally. Um, you know, I, I don't like it. And, you know, to go play uh, football and know the situation, uh, you know, she had to drive to do that. Um, the Just the determination to play and in the desire to, you know, it just meant so much to play. And then after you start getting beat, it's like you want to be better and nobody else wants to be better is, is why we started this team. And and to come from that to have the knowledge uh, that she has as now is, is a tribute to her uh, hard work. So, you know, it, it's not the greatest thing being uh, married to a coach. It's a hard ass and stays on you all the time and, and probably uses you as an example a lot of times when they shouldn't. But there, there has some uh, upsides to it to, to learning a lot uh, about football and, and wanting to learn a lot. So that was one thing I was going to finish saying before we started talking about college and pros, and I got cut off there. So, um, But, man, it's been a really, really fun show. I had a, uh, like I said, a good time out there meeting uh, Miss BJ and, and talking a lot and uh, a lot of things. And I'm sure we'll come up with some uh, Good stuff next week to talk about as well. So, uh, until next Tuesday, I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we'll talk to you then.